Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Spilling the Beans. If you notice, there is a difference in the intro. Uh, that means your hearing is probably fully operational. Um, <laughs> uh, I've been playing around, I can't remember if I mentioned this in the last podcast, but I've been playing around with this music software and... I thought, you know, I bet I could improve the current version of Cure Alarms and Q-Moms. And so I did some messing around with that. And I basically wanted to see if I could make it sound kind of less, I don't know. The software I used to make it at first, it was nice, but... I don't know. I don't think it was intended. I think it was intended more for basic kind of rough drafts. Like the the audio file is like a rough draft of something you could actually produce. It was more about the uh, sheet music aspect of it. And I think that'd be cool to have like sheet music and stuff. That's not necessarily kind of, if I were to do music, that's not really the direction I would take. And so I just had this urge to do some music stuff. And so I looked around online for some music software that, I don't know, was free or cheap and got good ratings. And I found this article online that led me to this software called L LMMS. I don't exactly know what it stands for. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to look that up so I actually know what it means. But um, I looked it up. I've been playing around with it. And that's what I used to redo the soundtrack. Or, <laughs> yeah, I guess the soundtrack for this podcast. Um, and who knows? Maybe maybe I'll, I'll have to construct like an outro. I think that'd be cool. That's a good idea. I just thought of that. I got a pen and paper right here. I'm going to write that down. Compose outro. All right. I'm a genius. Um, so if you hear a lot of clicking and uh, button pressing, that's because um, I'm do we're going to do something a little different today. Um, uh, I want to talk about uh, video games. Um, I've held that off long enough. Um, I love video games a lot. And that probably wouldn't interest everybody, but who knows? Maybe you'll find just me talking about it interesting. Um, but I love video games. Um, they're, they've become a big part of my life. <laughs> I loved them ever since I played Space Cadet Pinball on the computer. Um, it, does anyone that's listening remember that? It was that free pinball game that I'm pretty sure came with like every Windows or something. And it was, I mean, it was really simple. You just controlled the bumpers with, I can't remember the controls because I haven't played it in years. If I can't remember if it was like Z or Z and X or something. It was probably something like that. But yeah, it was pretty much, if you know how pinball works, it was pretty much that. Um, I think that may have been the first video game I ever played. Maybe Minesweeper. <laughs> Minesweeper could have been the first one. Um, anyway, so 
Well, a couple things. I ordered a fancy microphone um, that you plug into a computer. And I got it specifically for music software stuff. You know, it's like if I want to record my voice in the future, maybe if I want to sing something, that would be going out of my comfort zone. Um, if I want to... <laughs> so I've been... Okay, there's a lot of things I need to say first. <laughs> I need to say. Um, I had this urge to just uh, do some music stuff. And so that's why I looked into the software is I wanted to, there's, I had so many ideas and uh, songs that I already know pop into my head with other songs. And I thought, you know, I bet I could combine those, you know, do kind of like a mashup medley type thing. And I just thought, all right, I guess I, I really got to try that. So, um, that's why I got the software and that's why I started doing it. And so I started doing this music stuff and I thought, you know, if I'm ever going to do some recording stuff, I'm going to need a better microphone. So if I get a good microphone, then that would be awesome. So I ordered one. It's uh, by a brand called blue. <laughs> if, um, if you look at it weird, the letters on the microphone, it looks like it's instead of being spelled B-L-U-E, it's spelled B-H-I-E, <laughs> but it's blue. It's not B or whatever that would say. Um, anywho, so I'm using this microphone right now to record, and I'm on the computer, and you're probably wondering, well, what are you doing on the computer? Well, I thought I want, I want to talk about video games, and I thought, you know, best way to be in the video game mood is to play a video game. So right now I'm playing this game that I recently discovered called Regions of Ruin. It's uh, it's really fun. It's it's kind of like I've heard it. Um, I saw a trailer about it and it had a bunch of reviews for it. It's like a mix of Skyrim and Terraria. Um, and and for those that don't know that much about video games, um, pretty much what you do is you find materials. Uh, you're this dwarf guy, and pretty much every character that you can, that's, so you're trying to build this civilization of dwarves. The story is you were recently kicked out of your civilization um, due to, I honestly can't really remember. I think some evil forces, like armies of orcs or something, these evil critters drove you out of the caverns, which is where your people used to thrive. And so you were driven to the surface. Oh my goodness. I just came across this big troll. The game, sorry. <laughs> I might uh, talk about the game from time to time. But anyway. Um, and so it's it, basically this game where you are you have to find the surviving dwarves that are on the surface. And you have to kind of rebuild the civilization. I almost died. <laughs> um and that guy just threw an axe randomly. Um, anyway. So, yeah. So, I've been playing with it. It's really fun. You know, you get to find materials. You can build. You have, like, this main base you go back to. And you rebuild 
your civilization. You build these structures, you know, like a, you build a market so you can trade with other dwarves that you meet. Build a library where you can learn certain, I don't know what the, like spells and things, like these runes. I don't know. There's a lot to explain. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but that's what I'm doing at the moment. That's what all the clicking and stuff is. Hopefully that's not terribly annoying. Um, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> um, anywho, so I wanted to talk about uh, video games just because they're so awesome. Uh, before I talk about any specific video games, I thought I'd talk about kind of how I got into video games. It's not a very exciting uh, story, really. Um, my dad likes video games. And he, I saw him play video games. And I thought, you know, that looks fun. <laughs> and so for a, a lot of, before I actually started playing games, I'd watch my dad play video games, which, which that sounds boring to some, I'm sure, but I really enjoyed it. Um, it's, uh, I don't know, I've just always been enthused by it. <laughs> it's always, um, I've always found it to be really cool, you know, it's like watching a movie or something, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's just always appealed to me. And so, ooh, I just got a cool item. Um, <laughs> maybe this isn't a good idea to do this because I'm going to be so distracted. But I just watched my dad play and it seemed like so much fun. You know, he's doing these cool things. I remember watching him play like uh, Diablo. Um, games. I, I feel like for the people that aren't familiar with games, I'd have to describe every single one. But I'd watch my dad play this game called Diablo. I have very vivid memories of him playing this game called Darwinia. It's this very, um, um, Dar Darwinia is not a very high, uh, like it doesn't require a lot of computer power to f function, but it was, I don't know. I thought it was the coolest thing. And I, I remember the day I finally got to play Darwinia. It's like, Oh my goodness. I'm finally playing this game that I watched my dad play. Um, and I don't know. It's just, I've, I don't know. I just have all these memories of like Starcraft. I remember him playing Starcraft. And those were, oh my goodness, there's a bunch of people on wargs. Um, anyway, <laughs> oh my goodness, too many. Um, oh, well, we did it. Um, okay. So. You know, I don't think this is going to work out very well because I think I'm going to be too distracted. So anyway, well, let me just finish this up real quick and uh, I will get back to recording and stuff. <laughs> Alrighty, so we're back. <laughs> um, I should have figured that I wouldn't be able to focus on doing the podcast and also playing the game, <laughs> you know, somebody with ADD or possibly ADHD. I mean, I am just really fidgety and squirmy and I'm always bouncing my legs. So I wonder if I experienced the hyperactivity part of ADHD, not necessarily like 
like a lot of people think of people with ADHD like blah blah <laughs> like on Bill Cosby's thing if you ever heard his thing blah blah <laughs> uh, anyway <laughs> I listened to that recently like I I don't know what Bill Cosby did that got him in jail I, I don't know the whole story but you gotta admit he he was hilarious <laughs> I mean there's no denying that he is so funny um, anyway so when I was talking about, I was, I was saying that, uh, I grew up watching my dad play these games. I watched him play Thief. I remember watching him play Thief, Star, uh, <laughs> Starcraft, Diablo, uh, Warcraft. I know I watched him play that. Age of Empires. Just all these games. Ghost Recon. Just all these games that, you know, I wanted to play. And I pretty much played all those games now. Um, recently I've just had this, uh, urge to revisit all these games that I've played in the past that I forgot about or didn't really, yeah, pretty much, yeah, forgot about, didn't play too much. I, I wanted to see if it's actually fun. Um, and so before I talk about my favorite video games, um, I want to talk about some of the games that I revisited. Uh, recently. Um, I revisited this game called, uh, well, <laughs> I mean, it's not very foreign. It's a game called Frogger. Now, even if you're not into video games, you've probably heard of Frogger. It's uh, a game where you're this frog and you have to get to the other side of the street, basically. You have to get to the other side of the street and without getting hit by any of the cars. Now, the thing about Frogger is it's not like a, it's not a graphic or anything, you know, it's a kid's game, you know, you get hit by the truck, you just get flattened, pretty much, you just get squished, um, and it's like, uh-oh, you know, try again, <laughs> you know, and you have a certain number of lives, you know, a certain amount of attempts before you lose, and you have to, like, get to the end a certain number of times. There's a lot of different variations, but basically you just have to get to the other side of the street safely. And so there's this uh, specific computer version. Um, it's it's a really old game. Um, I actually I have the uh, CD ROM in my room, so I'm just gonna get out of my seat here. I'm gonna look for it. Let's see. Here it is. We got Frogger. I I ordered it on Amazon just because I wanted to I wanted to retry it. I wanted to see if it was really as fun as... Because I remember playing this game with... We had some neighbors in Kearns that would come over sometimes. And I remember I'd play this with the kid that was uh, closest to my age. He'd, he owned it and he'd bring it over and we'd play it. For all I know, this could be his CD that he sold and I then I bought it. I have no idea. Probably not. <laughs> but... I figured it'd be pretty cheap since it's an old game. So let's take a look. Uh, the earliest date I can find on here is 97. So I wasn't even born yet when this came out. This is Frogger on the cover. He's back! It says Frogger CD-ROM. It's got some really um, low-budget animations because this was the late 90s. I guess that was a thing. And it looks like the first Frogger game... Well, it looks like Konami, that's the company that made it, 1981, 
that's the company. I don't know if that was when the first Frogger game came out. Anywho, this is an old game, and I played it in Kearns, and I had such fun memories playing it. And to tell you the truth, I played it. It was fun, but it, I, I don't think I had the same amount of joy as I had when I played it in Kearns. Um, I got really far in the game, but it gets really, really hard, though. It gets super hard. And I don't know how I was able to play this in Kearns. Like, <laughs> there are some levels. You get near the end, it's so challenging. And finally, I, I got so frustrated, I'm like, all right, I gotta move on. This, is, this game's gonna consume my life. But, anyway, I played that. There's this game my dad played. And I don't know the whole situation behind this game, because I guess it's like, it's a public domain game. Like, you can play it for free, I think. Um, it, like, I, I don't know, but it's called Urquan Masters. Um, and, or I think it's also known as, like, Space Command 2. But, um, I watched my dad play it, and I have, again, I have vivid memories watching my dad play it and thinking, like, this is so awesome. And I played it recently. Well, recently, like, four months ago or so. I, I revisited it. And I thought, this is awesome. I was, I was playing it like, this is pretty fun. What you do is you, you start out, um, I guess, I can't remember the whole story. It, it briefly goes over the backstory at the beginning. But basically, like, your civilization was attacked by aliens or something. I'm probably going to mess this up. But basically, you find this lost technology, this cool spaceship that allows you to travel. And so you uh, and your people who fled from Earth, I guess, uh, you, there's a select few of you. You're, you're chosen as the captain. And you... Sorry, <laughs> lost my train of thought. You're sent out into space to kind of go back to Earth and be like, hey, we found this place we can live or something. And you go to Earth and, you're, and you find out that Earth has been enslaved by this evil race called the Urquan. The Urquan are these really gross, like three-eyed, tentacle-laden critters that are trying to take over the galaxy. Or galaxy, um, solar system, I think galaxy. Any, anyway, um, and the, but they're also fighting this group of aliens that look just like them, but they're a different color called the core ah, I think anyway these so these this war is causing a lot of problems, and Earth has been enslaved there's this giant energy shield around the earth, and you come into contact with this space station run by a few select humans and they're supposed to like maintain earth or something and the people of Earth are like, get us out of here. <laughs> and so you, you find this commander on the space station. and you So basically, from that point on, you have to find all these resources to kind of expand your crew, um, improve your ship, help all these various alien races so that you can finally go and attack the Urquan's main kind of facility and destroy them all. And you have to do these various missions and things. And the thing is with this game is you can travel the galaxy in whatever order you want. 
and there's no way you have these general you have this map and you have like this ancient war map that tells you the last known locations of certain species and also like we don't know what species are in certain areas but you don't know like what planets or moons places are and so you have to find all those places yourself and the problem is you have to do all this in a certain amount of time before like the war moves to earth and earth is destroyed or something like that and so it, it's really interesting because I, th I, I didn't lose. I looked it up. I looked up how to beat the game just because I didn't want to lose and then have to start over. But I think how the game works is if you can't do everything in a certain amount of time, the whole game is over and you have to start over pretty much. I found that to be just really fascinating. Cool concept. Um, but yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. Finally beat it, you know. And it was great. Um, I... <laughs> I recently ordered um, these this franchise called Destroy All Humans, <laughs> and I remember I played this at my best friend's house in Kearns, and pretty much what you have to do is you gotta, you're this alien, and you gotta destroy all the humans. I mean, <laughs> that's about it. Uh, I don't remember too much from the game. I remember thinking it was a lot of fun. Um, you start out in this, um, I think in the sixties or something, it's like this redneck town, there's these hicks everywhere, you know, and you do various things such as like sucking out people's brains using this brain device. It's, it, it's rated T, so it's not terribly, it's not graphic or anything. It's like, bzz, and then all of a sudden the brain is out. It's not like bzz, their head explodes or something graphic. It's like all of a sudden, bzz, you got the brain, and then they just kind of fall over, you know, like, they're dead. <laughs> Makes sense, they don't have a brain. But, um, I, I ordered the games, they were on sale for pretty cheap, and they're older games, so it's not like they'd be terribly expensive. And I'm, so I'm going to play those sometime soon, when whenever they arrive. There's no rush, so I got the, uh, this cool shipping deal where it's like, if you get, if you want it on this date, you also get $1 coupon for music or whatever. And I'm probably going to end up buying music. So that works out for me. But anyway, I'm going to revisit those. I've just been on this kind of spree for revisiting these games that I have seen before or played before, but played a long time ago. Um, I don't know. <laughs> There's probably better uses of my time, but I don't know. It, video games are very fascinating to me. Um, and the my favorite kinds of video games, um, I have a wide range of games that I really enjoy. Um, I feel like the games that I like, it, what it comes down to is I need to feel like I'm like... I don't know. I need to, there's a certain sense of satisfaction that I need to experience in a game that will make me want to play it. Um, like I was playing, uh, this game called, uh, Fallout, which, uh, you have to be careful of that game because there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of language in it. 
particularly the F word. <laughs> um, if you haven't noticed, if you haven't listened to any other episodes and you're wondering like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you like the F word? I, I'm a man of high moral standards and I don't toy with such trivial things. No, I'm just kidding. That's, that's not what it is. Um, I just, I, I don't want that in my head. You know, I, I just don't want tons of profanity in my head. I only have one life and I want to live it the best I can. <laughs> and profanity is just not something I really want to deal with. I, I'm pretty lenient when it comes to swearing. I, I pretty much, I'm okay with anything as long as it's not the F word, basically. And I, I am Christian, you know, <clears throat> I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I'd prefer if people didn't take the Lord's name in vain. You know, they're like, oh my gosh, except, you know, they, they say God instead. Um, just, I, I'm, I'm okay. I would never say that, of course. But uh, honestly, if people don't really believe in uh, Jesus Christ, you know, or God, then I, I kind of... I kind of let that one slide just because they don't, I feel like they just don't really know what they're getting into. A anywho, um, I was playing this game Fallout 4 and it, it's a pretty uh, critically acclaimed game, like pretty famous. I'm pretty sure it was game of the year when it came out. I can't remember. Maybe you can have more than one game of the year. I'm not sure how that works out, but um, I got it and I was playing it and it was fun, but I don't know. The shooter games, they kind of bore me out. Um, just cause, I don't know, I feel like they get old after a while. Um, and so that game didn't really give me the same sense of satisfaction as other games. Whereas I got the game and my dad saw it and he was like, Hey, that's cool. Can I try it? So he tried it on my account or whatever. And however steam works. And he was like, this is fun. And then he got it for himself and he's been enjoying it. He likes that game, but I, I don't like it as much. Um, but I will, I, I can't really fully explain why I like certain games and why I don't like others. But maybe as I talk about these games, it will become clear. Um, so I have a list here of uh, eight of my favorite games. Um, I don't know why eight. Just maybe I could only think of eight. I don't know. But first off, Super Mario Galaxy 1 and 2. Um, I love this game. <laughs> well, obviously, because it's really fun. I don't know why I wrote fun on as a descriptor for this because because i have some notes here of the games and some reasons why i like it so i didn't forget uh why um i don't know why i wrote fun though because i think these are all fun um so i'm just gonna skip over that um it has a great soundtrack the super mario galaxy is amazing because um the the soundtrack is so cool. They, the, the orchestra is literally titled the Super Mario Galaxy Orchestra, I think, or maybe just the Mario Galaxy Orchestra. Anywho, they have their own orchestra for it, and you hear the music, and it, and it's obviously played by an orchestra. I mean, they got some you know techno sounds here and there. You know, they got a a synth, a soundboard, or whatever. But a lot of it is, most of it is orchestral. And it's really, really cool. I love it. I I can't remember... I think I talked about this in an earlier episode in the last season, but I ordered the soundtrack for Super Mario Galaxy. And it is just... It is phenomenal. It ranges from really epic battle music 
to like these calm, serene, soothing tracks. I don't, it's it just, I love it. Probably my favorite soundtrack of all time. Maybe with Donkey Kong Country Returns soundtrack is a close second. But anyway, or just Donkey Kong Country for that matter. Anyway, um, it's really fun because you get to jump around and you got to go through these cool levels. These, it has this really cool scenery. They got all these different worlds. You, got, you can go to like the Honeybee Kingdom Galaxy where, you know, they got honeycombs everywhere and the friendly bees. You got like these lava places. You got the Gusty Garden Galaxy. That's a famous galaxy. It's got a very famous track to go with it. And that's a fun one. You know, you got scary places. You got beach places. You know, you know it's like, it's really cool. You go and you go around the traveling to all these different galaxies because you need to collect these power stars so basically, so you can travel to Bowser. That's pretty much the plot of one and two. Slightly, slightly. There are some differences in the plot, but that's the gist of it. Because you got to save Princess Peach from Bowser. You know, that's that's pretty much what it comes down to in a Mario game. Is that Peach is in trouble, and you got to save save her from Bowser. <laughs> she little known fact from people that don't know anything about Mario. Princess Peach used to be called Princess Toadstool. Just sit on that for a while. <laughs> anyway, it, yeah, fun game. I absolutely love it. I, I've, I've replayed that game so many times. Um, let's go to the next one. Donkey Kong Country. Um, specifically the first Donkey Kong Country and Donkey Kong Country Returns and Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Um, now there's, I believe five games in the Donkey Kong Country franchise. But the second and third don't even have Donkey Kong in it, really. I th I can't remember the plot. I think Donkey Kong is kidnapped. I'm fairly certain that's the plot of the second one and probably the third. But you, you don't play as Donkey Kong. You play as Diddy Kong and is it Tiny Kong, Little Kong, Dixie Kong? I think it's Dixie Kong. Yeah, Diddy Kong and Dixie Kong. And I love Donkey Kong. Like that's, I mean, nothing, nothing against Diddy Kong and Dixie Kong, but I'm playing for Donkey Kong, man. Like that's that's why I'm playing. Um, and so I I never really got into the second and third. And people are probably that have played those are probably like, what are you doing, man? They're such fun games. You should play them anyway. It's like, well, I mean, I have this list of games that I want to play, and Donkey Kong's not even in it. So it's it's kind of at the bottom of the list right now. Not the bottom, but near the bottom. Anyway. Same thing with this game, Donkey Kong Country. It has a phenomenal soundtrack. The composer, David Wise, and I think there's some other people that helped collaborate with him and whatever, but he, I, he's not known for very many things. Like He has kind of this cult following just because of his work with Donkey Kong Country. Um, and his music is really good. I, it's very uh, percussion-forward. Uh, since Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong is a monkey, for those that don't know, he's an ape. And basically the plot of every Donkey Kong game is that someone stole all of his bananas and he's upset. And now he needs to find the bananas again. And, you know, and that doesn't sound like a big deal, but hey, you're not a gorilla, you're not an ape. So that's probably just, that's probably the, the, an insult of the highest offense, to steal one's bananas. 
And so, <laughs> and he, he goes in, his eyes get all big, whoa, <laughs> and all the bananas are gone. And the villain is King K. Rule. He's this alligator. Really, not much makes sense with Donkey Kong. It's like, why are you fighting these alligators? Or is he a crocodile? You know what? I bet he's a crocodile because that, I don't know, that makes more sense. Because, you know, King K. Rule, crocodile, I don't know. Anyway, so you have to go to, and you travel to various parts of the island. In Tropical Freeze, you have to go, you go to these different islands. Um, but, yeah, you go around, and you have to fight these bosses, work your way up to the main bad guy. I guess King K. Rule, he's really only the bad guy in the first one. And maybe the second, third, I can't remember. But... In the other one, there's like a tiki guy, and then there's a walrus guy in Tropical Freeze. But you have to get all the bananas. The The first game is awesome. Donkey Kong Country Returns, um, it, it was a really good, nostalgic um, coming back to the original game. Because it had a lot, of, it had the same music, just kind of modernized, you know, not as... Uh, a bitty, I guess, is the best way to describe it. You know, old video game music. Um, and the, since it's a, it was a newer game, I think it came out in 2012 or 2014 or something, I can't remember, but the animation's really cool. So it's a side-scroller. Um, and so, so, you know, if you've seen a side-scroller game, you know, you go from one side of the screen to the other. It's not 3D where you can look all directions. You know, you go from one side to the other. And... Instead of collecting coins like you would in Mario, you collect bananas along the way. And, you know, you get extra lives and stuff. I feel like... <coughs> Excuse me. I feel like I have to explain so many game mechanics just because of people that don't know much about video games. But I, I won't spend too much time on it. Uh, people probably aren't as ignorant as I think. <laughs> um, but, uh, anyway. You go to various parts of the world. You gotta beat the boss. You get to, you have to get the bananas. That's really what it comes down to. Donkey Kong Country Returns is amazing because at the end, spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't played this game, um, you basically get launched. I can't remember how you get flying towards the moon, but you get launched towards the moon somehow. I think from a volcanic eruption or something, but. Uh, yeah, that happens, and you're, it's so cool, you're falling down, you go, you fly so high that you're in space now, and you're falling towards the moon, you've over, you've passed the moon, but you're still in the moon's orbit, so now you're falling towards the moon, so it's, so now it's you, and, and the island, and between you and the island is the moon, so Donkey Kong's falling, and he's like, I gotta save the island from the volcano, and, so he punches the moon. This is how strong Donkey Kong is. He punches the moon. Moon lands on the volcano, is about to crush, you know, it's slowly crushing the volcano. Volcano erupts, and moon goes back into space, and everyone's safe. It's like, <laughs> that is awesome. Anyway, really fun game. I love that game a lot. Um, the next game on the list is Peggle. <laughs> and you're probably like, what? what the heck is Peggle? <laughs> it doesn't even make any sense. You just made that up. I didn't make it up. Peggle was a real game. It, uh, I feel like I have to blow my nose. So, uh, let me just do that for a sec. Megan, uh, please edit this out. I don't want this in the episode. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, you know what to do.
Ooh, and that's gross because the microphone's right next to my nose. <laughs> Alrighty. So there we go. Anyway, Peggle. It's uh, the best way to describe it is um, if you've seen The Price is Right, best game show of all time. I've probably said that already, but it is. Um, I'd, I'd, yeah, enough said about that. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, it's basically Plinko, the game Plinko on The Price is Right, where you put, you drop down the chip and it has like a series of like shoots and like, and it's, it's oriented by these pegs and stuff. It's kind of hard to explain, but if you've seen Plinko, look up Plinko on YouTube and just watch a video of Plinko and then you'll know what I'm talking about. You, it's kind of like, kind of like that and kind of like pinball, but sort of not. You have, uh, this set, this orient, orientation of pegs on the board. And what you do is you, from at the top middle part of the screen, you have a certain, you shoot down this metal ball. And this is a video game, so it's just like a ball. And you shoot it down, and it bounces off the pegs. And every peg that the ball touches, it um, once the ball falls down and falls down the bottom of the screen, um, all those pegs disappear, and you get points for them. And there's blue pegs, and there's orange pegs. And then there's a few, there's a couple other colors I'll describe in a minute, but you have to get rid of all the orange pegs. That's the goal of the game. Um, and you, you start out with 10 balls and usually there's, I mean, there's a lot of pegs. I, there's probably a, a different number depending on the stage, but there's probably about a hundred or so and you have to get all of the pegs. I think there's 25 or so pegs. I think that's what it is, but you have to get rid of all of them. And, and as the ball's bouncing off the pegs and going down, you usually hit a good number of pegs. And so it, it at first it's pretty easy. And then you start getting into hairy territory where so, sometimes the pegs can move. Um, they have a certain pattern that they follow. The pegs cannot be just these circle pegs, but also these bricks that you hit. And so you have like a flat surface that you can bounce them off, which can enable you to kind of you know, use your basic understanding of angles and you can, you know, kind of uh, calculate your shots that way. Um, and the thing with this game is that um, the pegs are worth a certain number of points. The blue pegs are worth the least amount. You have the, the orange pegs, which are worth 10 times that. And then you have the uh, purple pegs. There's There's one purple peg for each uh, shot and it so and it changes every time so the purple peg isn't just one peg that sits there the whole the whole uh, level it's a, a peg that takes the place of a blue peg and it switches around periodically regardless of if you hit it or not so if you hit it it just moves to another one if you miss it moves to a different blue peg and it's worth 50 times the amount of a blue peg. Now, points in some games, you know, points are just for pride and glory. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I got the high score, man. But I don't know why I use that voice. <laughs> but um, in Peggle, if you reach a certain number of points, if you get to 25,000 points in one shot, you get a free ball. And you want free balls because 10 usually isn't enough to get enough pegs. And so 
and the number of pegs you hit multiplies the number of points you get. And so, and to another thing to add to the, you don't, you don't have to memorize this, by the way. I'm just talking about the game. You don't have to memorize all this stuff. Um, there's no quiz or anything. Just bear with me as I talk about it. The, to kind of multiply the score even more, if you hit a certain number of orange pegs, all of the pegs um, become twice as valuable. All of them. And then you get to another point, and it's three times, then five times, and then the last amount is ten times. And by the time you get to ten times, there's only like three pe orange pegs left or something. So it kind of it kind of balances out. Um, but anyway, you want to utilize those purple pegs so that you can get an extra ball and stay in. Now, w the, gr the last peg I haven't talked about is the green peg. Now, there's only two in each level. But the green pegs are very useful because what they do is, depending on the character that you're playing as, there's 10 different characters in the Peggle franchise, I believe, or is there 11 because of that squid lady in the next one? I don't know. There's around 10 characters you can play from, and they each have different abilities. And if you hit the green peg, you can utilize their talents. So you got Bjorn the Unicorn. <laughs> uh, please keep listening. <laughs> um, you got Bjorn Bjorn the Unicorn. No, Bjorn the Unicorn, who <clears throat> he... His ability is, okay, so when you shoot the peg, you have this line that kind of shows you where the ball would land. You, so you, you can see the mouse, so you can click on where you want the ball to go to shoot. Um, but you, all, you have this kind of line that helps direct the ball's path, so you can know if it'll hit anything along the way, but it stops at a certain point. With Bjorn's talent... You have, it's the super guide, and that allows you to shoot, and the line, it goes all the way to where the ball will make contact, first contact, and then it creates a second line to show where it will bounce, and you can, so you can sort of calculate a hit, so it'll bounce here onto this one, and so, and that can help you, you know, get the most out of your shot, and you get a certain number of those. You have the guy that has the multi-ball, so you hit the green peg, and another ball kind of is spawned in. And so now at once you have two balls hitting pegs and you can get a lot of points that way. Um, and all this stuff, I'm getting texts all at the same time. Wow. The group chat for my family. Uh, anyway, and there's all these different talents. You know, you got these flippers you can get from this crab. So you got all these, or is it a lobster? I can't remember. But you got all the, these flippers that you can, so it's now it's kind of like pinball. And so, at the bottom of the screen, it's just like emptiness. And once the ball falls through there, that's it. Um, I'm taking a long time to describe this game. But, <laughs> but at the bottom, there's also this random bucket that goes from side to side around the bottom. And if the ball goes inside the bucket, you get a free ball. And so, you want to shoot... When, when you start getting... When there's less pegs, you can more easily calculate... A shot that will bounce into the bucket because you can kind of do like a 90 degree angle thing. Anyway, it's really fun. It's really relaxed because there's no time limit or anything. You can take as much time as you want doing the levels, but it does get really intense at the same time. But I, I love that game. It's just, it's strangely addicting. Relaxing yet strangely intense. Um, the next game is Red Faction Gorilla. Now there's this 
franchise of games, the Red Faction series, where um, <laughs> it's, it's really cheesy. It's like, um, you know, you play as this guy and you're this miner on Mars. So we're at a point in time where we've colonized Mars. We're ter- we've terraformed Mars where we can breathe on it and stuff. And we're, you know, mining and stuff. And I guess uh, the whole premise is pretty much you're rebelling against these evil people that want, they want to take over Mars. Mars is our planet. And uh, the plot of the game, the plot of the game is really silly. But the reason I love Red Faction Guerrilla specifically is because you get to blow stuff up. <laughs> that's, that's legitimately the reason why I love it. And that sounds dumb because if, if you watch a movie and all there is is just this intense action, and, but it's a horrible plot and stuff, it's not going to be that good of a movie. But with video games, it's different because you're the one blowing stuff up. Um... And it's the same deal with this game. It's like the plot. It's like, oh, Mars is our planet. You know, it's like, you're the terrorists. Like, I don't really know. It's it's kind of confusing. But, and there there is some language from time to time. So I just turn off all the, the dialogue. <laughs> so I don't even know what's happening. I'm just, I'm given, I'm given these objectives to blow stuff up. And it's, it really is awesome because I mean, there's games where, you know, you can crash into things and things will fall over and whatnot. But in this game, really, like, everything can blow up pretty much. And it's really fun. That's, there's really not too much I have to explain with this game. It's just fun to blow stuff up. Like, more so than most games, I would say. And, I don't know, it's really fun. Um, Next game, kind of the same deal. It's called Mech Assault. Um, Quick side note. There's this game I really want to play called Mech Commander. It's part of the same franchise. But uh, I guess it, that game won't really work on modern computers, so I'll have to find a way to get that working. But anyway, Mech Assault is a game that I have many memories with. Um, my uncle had an Xbox, and we would play... I'd, I'd borrow his Xbox so I could play the game, Mechasol. It was so fun. Mechasol 1 and 2, which is really fun. The plot, uh, the plot of the first one, it's, it's like, all right, you know, we got to stop the bad guys and stuff. The plot of the second one's like, wait a minute, what's going on? I don't know. I didn't really like the plot of the second one. I guess I didn't really know what was happening. It's like, okay, whatever. Um, but the reason this game's awesome is because you it's if you've seen the movie pacific rim it's you you can acknowledge that it's not like the most compelling movie like you don't walk out like my life has been changed forever like not in like the emotional improvement sort of way um but it's just awesome because it's these giant robots fighting these giant monsters and with mech assault it's just giant robots fighting giant robots I mean, <laughs> it's so awesome because you get to step on these little people and squish them and stuff. <laughs> In the first game, it's really funny because it's just like you step on them and then they just like explode. They don't even get squished. It's just like all their limbs pop off. <laughs> and it's not like graphic or anything. It's just, it's very cheesy in the way that they, they die. And then in the second one, they just like fall over and it's not graphic or anything. But you have all these different weapons, these different mechs. There's these fast mechs that, you know, they're better for maneuvering. And the lighter mechs have these jump jets, which allow you to kind of, you can not like fly, but kind of hover over obstacles for a while. 
and then you have the big assault mechs, which are big, bulky, and slow, but they have these uh, really powerful weapons, and it's, su I don't know, it's, at first you start out and you just, you're fighting these wimpy tanks that don't have any chance against you, and then you move up, and you have to fight other mechs, and the reason it's different, this is, game is different from, like, just any other game where you shoot stuff, is, like, some games where you have to, you know, shoot the enemy, it's like, you, you know, it's like, who's going to shoot who first? You know, if they get shot first, then that's it for them. But with Mech Assault, with you, you could be facing more than, two, more than one mech at a time. And each mech takes a considerable amount of time to defeat. And you have to be strategic. Because while it's not, there's no way that you'd be able to dodge every single one of their attacks. You are getting attacked and they're getting attacked. And you have to be strategic about which weapons you use, and maybe you can use, if there's cover, you can find it, but you move so slow that you wouldn't use the same tactics as you would, like, a first-person shooter. Like, if you were on foot or something. Um, and I love that aspect about it. And then once you destroy their robot, then you can pick up their salvage so you can improve your weapons and your armor and stuff. It's just really fun. I... I was, I really was addicted to this game, um, and I would play this a lot when I would visit my great-grandma in California. She has since passed, rest in peace, um, but I would play this at her house, um, just because her, I, I don't know the whole family situation, but the person taking care of her had this game, and it was at the house, and I would spend pretty much all my time playing it. I wasted a lot of good opportunities. Like, nowadays, when I go to California to visit family, I don't waste my time on video games. I actually do what's cool and important, but this is what I would play all the time. It was so fun. Uh, anyway, next game. I talked about this earlier when I, when I was distractedly playing that other game. Uh, Starcraft. Stop texting. Um, uh, Starcraft is one of my favorite games ever. I love Starcraft um, for a lot of reasons. Well, first of all, the one of the, the soundtrack is really cool. Specifically in the first Starcraft, the Terran Terran theme one. I don't know the specific the actual name of the track, but it's so cool. It gets really intense. I don't know. It's really cool. I highly recommend listening to it. Anyway, um, basically this game consists of three different races of aliens. There's the Terrans, which are humans, and then you have the Zerg, which are pretty much the... They're the, they're the bad race. They're these creepy kind of mutants. You know, they uh, evolve their... Uh, they, I don't know how to explain them. They're just like these beasts, these savage critters that are just the worst. Um, known as the Swarm. That's another name they're known for, is the Swarm. And then you have the Protoss, which they're a group of aliens which they have utilized psionic capabilities, meaning they, they don't even have orifices anymore. They don't have a mouth. They communicate with their minds. They communicate with their minds in a way that is audible. So it's like they're speaking, but their mouth isn't moving, but you can hear their thoughts, I guess. And they have just extremely advanced technology. Um, they have warp capabilities, you know. They, 
have these cool psionic abilities where two people can merge into one being called an archon. They have just powerful technology and these shields and they're, they're very powerful and advanced race. But the, so the thing is with this game is you, um, you, you don't play as one of these beings, um, on the ground with them. You are overseeing their military for whichever race you're helping at the moment. Um, and you, you have a big view of the, of the land and you get to, you build structures and you build up your military and you collect resources. So you have to assign workers to collect resources and build structures and you have to defend your base and you have to attack other beings and there's various objectives, but the, the storyline is amazing. The story is so awesome. I don't even want to talk about it because I would butcher it. The story is so cool and the characters are really cool. The characters are awesome in the first game and they really expand on the in-depth uh, character development in the second game. And it's just really cool. There's this, whenever I play it, there's just this strong sense of like, oh yeah, I'm going to save everyone. This could be awesome. So basically the plot, I'll, I'll summarize it, is that the Zerg were created somehow by the humans as a weapon and but they've gotten just completely out of control and then you have the Protoss trying to d destroy them and so you start out as the humans and then you play as the Zerg and then the Protoss. It, it gets very uh, in, intertwined. The races help each other fight each other. It's, it's very complex but very cool and awesome. I love that game. But I'm not the best at this game though. I'm not very good because um, you have to be focusing on a lot of different things at once um, to be good at this game. You have to be getting resources um, while being attacked, and you also have to focus on where your units are and making other bases, and like there's just a lot to focus on. And I can usually only focus on one thing at a time. So I've never actually beaten all of the... Um, uh, levels in the original StarCraft just because it's too difficult for me. I I Conceded, you know, I, I I just I wouldn't be able to do it But the second game you get to choose the difficulty and I'm not a complete pansy because I was able to beat that game on normal difficulty Which it still gets pretty hard later on, but just really fun game very satisfying and the beautiful thing is that um, the different races each have their own strengths and weaknesses. Like, um, certain races are imme they're immune, they're more immune to certain aspects of other that other races have, but they're more vulnerable to other things. And like, they all just kind of balance out. It's really cool. Um, I love that game. Anyway, there's two other games I didn't even get to talk about, but I'll have to talk about in another episode. Um, and also, I got some cool, exciting announcements coming up. I'll be sure to um, let you guys know in the next video. So there's a cliffhanger for you. Anyway, thanks again for listening about me rant about video games and also be extremely distracted while playing one. Um, but yeah, I will see you guys in the next video. <laughs> video. Yeah, I'm like a YouTuber now, man. No, I'll see you in the next episode. See you later.